Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. And this week it's a bonus episode. We are reviewing the Jeff Tate concert Chris and I were able to go see last Sunday, January the 8th in Bristol, Virginia at the Cameo Theater. Small venue, huge artist. I can't say it enough. What a night. What a night. Chris, you ready to talk about this? I am. This is normally where I'd throw Anthony the tagline. Uh, I'll just I'll just say uh, don't approach Jeff Tate in a restaurant before the show. How's that for the hey. tagline? <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, so first of all, let's start out with that. So this Sunday night, we, sure, sure. my wife, you and your wife, we all gathered together, rode down to Bristol to see this show, and uh, decided to eat at Six Twenty State, which is right on State Street in Bristol, Virginia slash Tennessee. It's on Tennessee side, and. Uh, Across the road, just a little ways down, is the cameo. We walk in. My wife literally, we go to sit down. She goes, Jeff Tate's sitting right over here. I'm like, get the hell. And he literally is sitting to my right, directly <laughs> across Within, from like, me with his band. Yeah. And 20 uh, feet, maybe. And we had joked about it on the way in, if you remember. Like, what are the odds? We might meet Jeff yeah. Tate eating at 620 tonight. But, yeah, of course, he's there. <laughs> and the one time I thought I was going to have the courage to get up and go talk to him, the the guy that was bringing the waiter brought his food to him as I was getting up to go to the bathroom. And I was like, son of a gun. Unreal. But anyway, you know, that was, it was just a cool experience. I, I mean, what did you think about that? Well, well, I shouldn't have had that tagline because in all fairness, he was not oh, rude no. to anybody. God, no, he wasn't uh, rude at all. No, no, it, it was, <laughs> it was funny because, you know, we're in this restaurant and I, and I would, I would guess at least half of the people in that restaurant were going to go see that show that night. I'm going to guess about half. I would agree. And and you could see not just us, but there were at least, I don't know, a handful of people that recognized him and were trying to muster the courage to go over and talk to him. Nobody actually seemed to do that. <laughs> right, right. He was sitting in a booth with his whole band. It wasn't just him. Right, true. And uh, I saw a couple of... Uh, of ladies kind of walked by the table there at some point while he did have his food. And it was a, it was a quick conversation. So I was just like, yeah, we should probably just leave it alone. I, I don't want to, cause you know, it'd be terrible to, to, to have a bad experience right before a show when you're getting ready to see it. You, you don't want that. And really, you know what? He's leave the man in peace. He's sitting there trying to eat his meal. I, I get that too. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Like he, he did not do anything that was out of line. Oh, no. hey, I shouldn't have said that. Not at all. He <laughs> didn't throw a fit or nothing like that. I mean, he basically ate his yeah. dinner, paid his bill and they walked out together. And then of course we shortly left, exactly. Exactly. left thereafter. But, uh, nonetheless, we get into the cameo, go across the streets, uh, walk into the cameo and our seats are, uh, I guess you could say stage left, uh, which is to the right side of the, sta- right side of the stage. And uh, we get our seats. I think we're like third row back. I mean, it's fantastic seats. I'll be honest with you. They were they were excellent, oh, yeah. excellent viewing seats. And the place starts filling up pretty quickly. The opening act is a guy named Mark Daly. I think he said he was from Ireland, right? Ireland. Because his other he members in the band were true. Scottish. So, mm-hmm. some of them were. Um, well, no, they were, they, were from, they were actually from all over. Well, yeah, but. I, I know that the, the bassist, Jack Ross, he was from Scotland. Uh, and uh, James Brown, he's from mm-hmm. Ireland. And um, Kieran yeah. Robinson a, is the drummer The drummer was from Cincinnati. The drummer from Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and, I mean, uh, it was a – Yeah, it was so, I mean, they were kind of all over. But uh, yeah. Mark Daly come out, and I didn't know what to expect. Really hadn't listened to him before that I know of. And uh, I'll be honest with you, man. He come out and – he came out and rocked. I mean, he he came out and did a pretty good show. Yeah. in the vein of, I don't know what you would compare it to. I would compare it to some kind of like, ACDC meets, God, I don't know. It's just it was like that three chord power stuff, and he he rocked. I mean, he had a couple acoustic tunes. I don't know how it, to explain it. I mean, it was it was good rock. Kind of had a, 
Yeah, to me, it kind of had like a 90s rock feel. His, his, vo- vocals his vocal style, like for sure. Because he had that Kurt Cobain um, sound. Did you notice that when he would Yeah, scream? it was kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was yeah. pretty good. Pretty good stuff, man. Definitely. More like a... I wouldn't give it like a Nirvana tier, but no, like no, more no, like by a... No means. Uh, fuel tier or something. Uh, you know, somebody, yeah. somebody around those... That, that kind of... Uh, I'm not sure that's the band that's, but, but, you know, just something that along those lines and, and it rocked and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was very ironically and, and maybe I'm sure you're going to touch on this, but, but the, the fact is that his band is also Jeff Tate's <laughs> Jeff band. band. Yeah. So they, those guys came in and, and performed with both of them. So I guess, I guess maybe he barred those guys from Jeff Tate. I don't really know how that worked. Uh, I'd be curious if you, I, I don't, I, do you have any idea how that worked? I, I think that, James Brown is actually his guitarist. However, James Brown is such a talented musician. He's able to go both ways. Play Same way with Kieran Robinson, uh, or Robertson, I should say. Both of those guys did double duty. Uh, now, James didn't play the whole set with Jeff Tate. He came out and played a handful of tunes with him. Um, but Kieran did it the entire set with him. So it was it was pretty awesome, man. I'll just be honest with you. I was... I was pretty happy with that that performance, and I was more in shock when I saw the same band members come back out. I was like, "Oh my god, these guys are playing with Jeff Tate!" But he kind of hinted at that, if you remember that uh, that Mark Daly kind of hinted at uh, "See you guys in a little while" kind of thing uh, whenever they walk well, up the stage. <laughs> I, so I I kind of knew that was about to happen because the lady in front of me I had talked to before the show started. She was a pretty big fan. I think this wasn't her first time seeing oh, these yeah. guys, and she's she said. Yeah, these guys are in. These are Jeff Tate's musicians. He's ah. like, <laughs> he's. You'll see them come out with him again. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. so I don't know. I just thought maybe this, this the, the opening act that he, that he just kind of maybe didn't have a band. I, so you think it's James Brown was was his guitarist? I, I believe and, James Brown is his guitarist. Because uh, you're right, he didn't come out initially with right. With he did the not. Group. He did help. Uh, set he the came stage. out about halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> But right, yeah, everybody in the band kind the of pulled crew. their pulled their double duty and, yeah. and, and did everything they could to to set this thing up. So he might have been the guy that was working on because it looked like they had some technical difficulties before the show started did. with Tate, and I, and I think he was maybe the guy that was kind of working on the technical side of things as well. So he may have been. I, yeah. I'll be honest, fasted yeah. fellows there. I mean, to be honest with you, man, I mean in this day and time when you're selling venues like this places that are a little bit smaller, we're not talking amphitheaters or by no means you, you probably got to right. cut the cost down a little bit. They are possibly the road crew as well. I know they had a, just a few folks there. I, I think we saw yeah. Jeff, Jeff's uh, stage manager, which could double his brother if it wasn't his brother. Cause he looked yeah. just like him. Um, yep. you know, the shaved yep. head look, the, the same, the same features, you know, basically we had people in the audience mistaking him for Jeff Tate as he walked through the, the, through the uh the section you remember that right there's like is that jeff tate i'm like no, that's not jeff tate <laughs> well it did look i can see why people well, thought that the lady I mean, behind maybe that's maybe that's that. his body double or something yeah that's what it is <laughs> body double but the lady behind me said i think it's jeff tate's like no jeff tate's got a big tattoo on the back of his head you, you can't miss him so uh right. anyway jeff tate they start playing the music to the opening song empire starts filling in the background. And of course the bands, they all come out, they're playing and it's sounding pretty darn, pretty darn good for what we're, you know, for what we're seeing. Jeff Tate comes out opening line. The crowd's instantly singing along. Obviously empire, very popular song, incredibly great album. Um, man, I, I, you know, there are so many songs he could have opened with empire was very, very solid opening tune. I don't know that he could have picked a better song considering this this style of show was celebrating 40 years of Queensryche, ultimately. Um, right, yeah, man. I right. mean, what, what were your thoughts? I thought and that, and that's something fantastic. To, well, uh, first off, I did pull a few clips for tonight, and uh, oh, yeah, one yeah. of them is, is the opening song. Yeah, man. Uh, I will apologize in advance. This, you know, Normally when I pull these clips, they're off of actual music streaming services, and, and they sound pretty good. Uh, this is off of somebody's iPhone, right? <laughs> you right, know, right. like uh, in a crowd, you hear all the crowd noise and everything. It's the best I can do with this. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and play this one, shall we? This is this is his opening opening song, song Empire. Yeah. 
Man, so powerful. And the east side, west side was awesome how he did that. In case you couldn't tell for those listening uh-huh. at home, that's audience only singing that part. And it was he like points to the left side and he points to the right side. And it was it was just fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And guys, his vocals, you know, it sounds like radio quality. It's this guy has not lost a step on his vocals. It's amazing to listen to him. And and you'll hear that through all of these clips. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, especially the last one, which might shock everybody. <laughs> it's oh my god. It's insane. All right, so Chris, yeah. he goes from Empire and he goes into another rainy night. Do we pull a clip for that one? I did. Uh, ironically enough, it was piss pouring the rain that night. Oh yeah, well we saw it was pouring we the went, rain. You know, it's funny because we were walking in that restaurant, and in the, my head, I'm actually singing this song. I was like, because you know, my yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like what's going on. Jeff Tate, and, and like it's another rainy night. Yeah. So anyway, I, <laughs> I'm like walking in, singing this song, and I see him in the booth. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, here we go. <laughs> Although the quality of that clip may not be there uh, in person, it's amazing. It, it's just insane. And yeah. Vocally, it's just it just makes you scratch your head. Like, how is a man at the time was sixty three years old when we saw him six months out of having heart sur- open heart surgery? <laughs> Nonetheless, I know six months yeah. out of having open heart surgery, and this man is out here performing vocally. Like, I I can't explain how amazing it was. All right, so. What did yeah. you think about? I mean, obviously, fantastic song. Well, on top of that, I, I think gotta give a nod to the to the musicians in his band as well because those guys sounded fantastic oh, gotcha. and, and vocally also those background vocals, which are very high pitched. Man, those guys were hitting those pretty well too. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's assembled a pretty good uh, band around him as well. Oh yeah, they're all quite a bit younger. I mean, those guys seem like they're probably in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, maybe. I would I agree. I'm going to guess twenties. I would. Well, yeah, I, would, but I think maybe the, late twenties. Uh, which one's the other guitarist? The um, oh, Alex Hart. That I think that's the other one. The one that was on our side of the stage. Uh, the dude with all the tattoos. Okay, yeah. I, I think he may be a little bit yeah. older. I believe he's probably closer to the mid to late thirty. I think because he looked. Like, I think he was on Jeff Tate's band prior. I was looking through all this stuff when I was pulling the names for the band members. Like. Okay. I, he might have been part of it, uh, the band Operation Mind Crime that Jeff Tate had formed there years ago, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, we go from another rainy night off of the Empire album into uh, a song called Desert Dance off the album Tribe. Um, now that song I wasn't super familiar with, um, and this was, of course, later in Jeff Tate's career in Queensryche, and I thought it was a fantastic song. I mean, it really was a, a, a great song. It was a little bit of a it was a different flavor you know the, i don't think the audience was that divided I, right. the people all around us were singing this stuff so i mean obviously the ladies up front there was a group for those listening at home there was a group of ladies <laughs> that walked up like right when the show started and two girls <laughs> one in particular sung lyric for lyric to jeff Taylor. every every, every lyric song. of every song i every was single I'm, song. A, I'm just like wow that's that's impressive. I, yeah, I mean, beyond the fact that I would, if we'd been sitting on that side, we couldn't have seen nothing because they would have been standing right in front of us. But uh, 
I was shocked. I was like, my God, you know, it's weird as a guy listening to this stuff growing up, you don't really expect girls to kind of get into the stuff. that's not radio friendly. If you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, I agree. I I was, I was very surprised. Absolutely. Diehard fan. And I'm telling you, when I say every single word, every single word, every time I looked at that direction, there were two of them that were doing that. Jimmy, there were two of them that knew every lyric. I mean, I was like, wow. I I don't know if they were from our area. They were just following Jeff Tate's tour because I'm telling you fans that, that, that are that big of this band. It's nothing. It's pretty awesome to see that, to be honest with you, because I couldn't sing that one because I didn't know that album. I, you know, my my ending. I'll be, yeah. I mean, I, I can't Honest, remember. My, in all honesty, I knew maybe half of the songs. I you knew uh, more, a little over half. You knew more than say. half. There was I, I no. Think you, I knew. There was I knew like everything. Off, they know. played off of Empire. I, they, I knew everything they played off of Empire. I knew everything they played off of Mind Crime. And Rage. And I knew the uh, the Rage Order songs. And, but after that, I really didn't. Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with the, the Queen of the Reich, which they closed with. Right, but, right. But, I mean, my gosh. It, it's just, uh, well, I mean, they played, yeah, it's like maybe two-thirds. I probably knew two-thirds yeah, of the songs. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, Desert Dance fantastic performance i've gone back and, and listened to these songs as as intended from the album since the show i'd made a playlist and i kind of you know kind of familiar myself familiarize myself i should say with what we were getting ready to listen to in hopes that the set list would be somewhat close but yeah great song he goes from desert dance to imi which is off the album promised land and that happens to be a, one of the albums i do remember listening to because i think it was the one that followed uh i think it followed up empire so it was the next album after empire i believe and um mm-hmm. i believe it was yeah it was definitely fantastic song um and it, it actually rocks as well um and it once again a lot of folks are singing along to that one um now what's the next track that you've pulled chris is it best i can no uh, breaking the silence okay so we've got a few minutes all right so i mean okay. what did you think about i am i know you weren't familiar with that at all in desert dance i mean what, what were you what were you thinking about that song you know, I, like you said, I really didn't know the songs uh, as well as Sacred Ground, for that matter. But, but I will say that these guys, uh, you know, this spans kind of later years, I guess, and it really was very good music. I mean, that's the thing that kind of here's the thing: these guys, eh, I think this happens with a lot of bands that that keep releasing albums after, you know, they were kind of like an '80s band and an early '90s band and. And all of a sudden, the grunge wave came through and right. kind of changed the music scene. And these guys were still cranking out good albums. It's just that they weren't popular. Direction turned, and people were listening to other stuff. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of the way the tides change. And and then you know down the road, you might look back and be like, wow, you know, we we missed some good music just yeah. because we were listening to other th- things at the time. I know with you, like late nineties. I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't listen to grunge. I listened to a little bit oh, yeah, of it. I mean, I was—I never fell into the Nirvana trap, but I definitely was, you know, a fan of like Stones Will Pilots, Alice in Chains, yeah. bands like that. Sound definitely Soundgarden loved them, but yeah, like th- these guys, uh, I guess they were kind of still trying to hold true to their sound. I mean, it do- it is it did have a little more of a '90s influence that later stuff, I guess it did. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess even into the 2000s, that stuff too. I wouldn't say that's 90s, 90s influence, but right, I, I right. could I could sense a, ch- a change of tone in their music from that later stuff. Uh, it's not as like <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. 80s ish, I guess, but uh, right. very good, and it's definitely worth like a a, a visit down the road. I, I think. Yeah, I, I will. So, I would agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly. I think they were huge from empire on mtv and then once mtv switched genres i think it killed what they were building because there's no doubt empire is probably their biggest selling album i mean let's face it it's it's an absolutely fantastic album but it had a ton i mean a ton of video play from that record and knowing that this is maybe the other thing that may have hurt them they released empire in 1990 and did not release promised land until 94 so they pulled a metallica and and basically went on tour for about four years. Bad time to take a break. Well, and, and this is the thing. <laughs> Operation Mindcrime had gotten famous, and you may not realize this. They went back out and did another Operation Mindcrime tour in like '92. So they play. They were performing That's Operation Mindcrime in its in its entirety. I think '92 or '93, and then of course mm. released Promised Land in '94. So that was that was something that may have affected their fandom, if you will. 
Um, yeah, but still, yet, yeah, man, God Almighty, you got to love it. It's just there's overall great music so far. Now, after IMI, they went into Sacred Ground, which came off of the Q2K album. Uh, that that album, of course, was one of his. Uh, I guess it was come out the last album of the '90s. It was 1999, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't know this song prior to listening to the playlist I'd created that week to, to kind of have it to kind of get a familiar with it. There are some other songs that I did know, but I just wasn't familiar with this one. The song rocked. It was a great, great song. I mean, that was pretty heavy if you remember, Chris. Yeah, I do. Yeah, agreed. And of course, there was tons of fans singing. Of course, now with how Jeff Tate seems to be doing this, he brought out a couple of famous songs, brought out a few that weren't as popular and then goes right back into the empire with best I can and gets the crowd roaring again. Uh, that, that song sounded fantastic as well. I mean, my God, dude, people screaming that one out. It was awesome. Agree. 100%. I got you yeah. in the middle of a no, drink. That's, that's my I mean, bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> that sweet coffee. Yeah, my, my Lord. Yeah, it was, it was, I agree hundred percent, man. Hey, like best I can was a great, I, you know, I didn't pull a clip for that. I didn't want to just have a, well, yeah, we can't do nothing. Empire and I just want to give people kind of a taste of how he sounds live now because his vocals are tremendous. Oh yeah. It was just, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a handful of really good songs that are, he's known for. I just kind of on the fence of what I pulled, but I didn't pull it. So. Right, right, right. So, uh, they go from best I can to another song off Promised Land, Real World. And that was a, a decent rendition. It was a little bit of a slowdown, if I remember correctly. And then, I mean, great performance, vocal, vocally outstanding, my God. And the band sounded so, so good. Then we get to the, the meat of the show, which is what, you know, what I wanted to see the most. We go into the Operation Mindcrime era, and he comes out and kills great. it with Breaking the Silence. Go ahead, Chris. I'm not sure how it transposes over on the podcast, but I assure you, the fans were singing it as loud as the monitors could play it while he was performing the song. Yeah, it. It's amazing. I, like, I'm telling you, it was drowning him out when we saw him with the cameo. It's a smaller theater, but oh my God, dude. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that oh, you could hear somebody singing that in the background of that clip, trying like a fan. Yeah. <laughs> kind of butcher it. Butchers it. You know, we all butcher them when we're singing, screaming at the top of your lungs. Uh, of course. You know I mean? Of course. I, yeah. You know. Yeah, no judgment on my end. One of my yeah. highlights of the night, obviously, <laughs> is when he breaks out the Operation Mind Crime stuff. And it, as we've discussed in this podcast before, Operation Mind Crime is one of my five deserted album, you know, albums I would take with me. I love it. Right. I know you guys may not be as fond but you do appreciate the the quality of the record no doubt about it oh it's one of my favorite it's my favorite queen's work album by far unfortunately only played two songs yeah, off that album so that that's a little disappointing <laughs> now did did you pull a clip for a don't believe in love or did we just skip it on down? oh yeah oh yeah of course yeah. i did yeah, so the next song is i don't believe in love and here we go <laughs> Oh! 
And I will say this, I'm not going to take anything away from the guitarist that night, but damn, it would have been nice to see somebody like DeGarmo out there playing these solos. You know? Agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh, Those guys did a fine job, I agree, but but it's... And, and listen, it's probably never going to happen. I know. I know it's never going <laughs> to so happen. So we might as well just realize it is what it is with it that. It is. But, it but was, uh, it's so. It's just so good to see that live. And, oh, my God. You know, I get chills when I think about seeing this part live because it's such an instrumental album in my life. And holy smokes, right. man. It was so, so good. I uh, I mean, I'm just glad we got to experience some Operation Mindcrime that night. And it was of course, I, you know, you know, he's not going to pass that stuff up. I honestly was expecting Eyes of right. a Stranger, to be honest with you, because arguably that's the other yeah. biggest hit on the record. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really surprised that didn't make the set list. But honestly. Breaking the Silence that, 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 is a fantastic tune. It, it, we all know. Sure, I don't believe sure, Love it is, is. going to be the you know one of the fan favorites from that record. But my God, dude, even. Uh, agreed, 100%. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I, w- man. I will say, I want to, at some point I wanted to address this. The, the venue we saw him in, it's this old theater. They had these kind of seats, and there were there was there were some older people there, right? So due to that, nobody's really standing up, which kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, this this I'm sure these guys are out there. You know, they were putting maximum effort in. By the way, the band oh was my just God. giving it all they had. Jeff was his vocals were on point. You Not know, just his really vocals. Think his about it. Hard he was into this. A pure pure showman. He was showman. up there. He was up there. Absolutely. Giving his hundred percent. Agreed. It was unbelievable. But I'm with so, you, So, you know, you're sitting there. I'm with you. And we had some elderly people behind us, and you're just like, gosh, am I going to stand up? Like, nobody else is standing up. It feels wrong, you know? And toward the end, we just we just went down toward the front yeah. anyway. Like, we just, it was just like, okay, this is, okay. Yeah, when, is, yeah but, we got to go but up it, Yeah. And th- this is my, you know, I'll tell you, when I go to shows, and I, and I know it's a seated venue like that, there's a part of me that thinks, eh, I'd rather go see him like at Capone's. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. a place where you're standing up the whole show. And because of that, you can really get into it. When you're sitting down the whole show, it just doesn't feel right, especially for a rock show. You know, if you're going to go see Barry Manilow or something, whatever. But like <laughs> for something like that, you feel like you need to be up with your fist pumping and like singing along, you know? And it just. It was uh, weird. I feel bad. I feel like those guys might think, what the hell? You know, like we're out here rocking and everybody's sitting down. Like. I don't know. I don't know how they felt about that. Uh, I don't know how many shows they play in similar venues like that. Well, but uh, I've never I don't know. seen it's a just show just something there, that was on my mind. I wanted to address it at Dude, some point. You know, I, I felt the same way. I, I'd never seen a show at the Kingdom. Well, we, we saw Night Ranger there. You, I was COVID, COVID and couldn't go that, yeah, I was that COVID week. Sick that week. God. And Night Ranger was the same. Everybody was sitting down the whole time, and it's just like, okay, Night Ranger's a little less. But it was an acoustic than, show correct? than that. Uh no no, no they, they, I they thought it, I thought you there. said it was acoustic that night yeah I mean they played some like, acoustic wanna, part of the set acoustics but anyway so no 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 they had the whole they did the everybody live. was there okay. playing okay okay yeah yeah it was a drummer I mean there's a whole thing it wasn't just acoustic okay uh, okay well heck I I, I, I misunderstood but yeah man I know I, I get it I I just never seen anything there and I really like you said the people behind us were older I didn't want to st- I, I, I'm a tall guy for those people living listening in here. <laughs> I'm six foot three. It's awkward if I stand situation. in front of somebody, uh, they ain't happy usually. Usually, I mean. But to their credit, I don't know if it phased them or not. It didn't look like it did. They they gave maximum effort and put on a hell of a show. Oh yeah, so maximum like, I, effort. I can't. Absolutely. I'm sure in the back of their head, they're like, "Really, you guys aren't going to stand up?" I mean, I, I hope that's not the way they saw it, but it might have been, and I wouldn't be God, shocked because I, I might, in their shoes, have thought the same thing. You know, right, but, right, yeah, dude, I, I know exactly. And it really what you're just saying. it's because of the venue. It's because of the the way these seats are kind of like you know. It's just I don't know. I've been to shows like that before, and I've just like uh, the Paramount's the same way. Like when you go, you're going to go see Ace Freely here in a couple of weeks. And yeah, I can't wait. I'm sure it's going to be the same, man. It's like. Really? Are we going to sit down for this? <laughs> it just Ace is pretty much right. old, though. I mean, he's probably in his 70s, I guess. God almighty. He has to be in his 70s. He'll probably be sitting down the whole show. Right? He, he may be. It may be an acoustic show. I don't know. All right. So this mm. is where it gets crazy. This is the next song comes out, and Jeff Tate does this big old thing. And he says, I'm getting ready to play a song off my two, 2013 album. And it was when he called it Jeff Tate's Queensryche, because this was when the band kind of separated, went their own ways. And he said, does anybody heard it? And does anybody know what the album it is? And I yelled, Frequency Unknown, because it's the only album I know he did solo. And so did a lady beside me. Well, he, I thought you caught this, Chris. He's like, 
That guy right there oh, knew yeah. what I was talking He's about. Point right at you. And Crystal, my wife sitting beside me, she's like, "He is talking about you. Why don't you stand up?" <laughs> I was like, "I said, well, yeah, I wasn't the no, only I, one that yelled it." And uh, and of course, he he gave me props. Didn't even and I didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's oh like, "The guy over here, this is for you." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And the song is <laughs> it, the song was called "Cold." And you know what? I mean, I was. Well, I don't know if you it, caught you know, this. What was that? I don't know if you caught this. That lady that was sitting in front of us. Said it before you did, without because you had your phone in your lap, and that's uh, <laughs> she actually was like, did she yell at she you? Said, yeah. And then when it, and when he was like pointing at the guy over here, she's like, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I guess my it's voice like, must have been man. louder. I don't know. Oh my! I don't God. know. That either, was hilarious. It's funny because she kind of got upset that get he was like, giving yeah. you credit, and when she was like, it was me. <laughs> Maybe her voice was manly. I don't know. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my god. I, yeah, it was. It was just great. But the song is. It's a good song. That album is different because it is. That actually has a uh, more of a just a normal rock and roll bass. It's not as you know heavy mm-hmm. metallically. Uh, metallically. Listen to me. Uh, but it's still a. It's a great album. It's something I'd listen to all the way through a couple of times over the years because I remember when this riff started between Jeff and, and Queensryche. So I, I've been, as a fan of Queensryche, you're in the middle of this stuff. You kind of know what's going on. You're just like, oh, my God. Nonetheless, yeah. the song rocked, and then they slowed it down again. They came in with a song called Bridge, which I remember when this one came out. And, you know, at the time, like my dad had been gone for years, you know, kind of out of our life at that point in time. You know, and that right there kind of, it's a song about his dad or it's about somebody's dad in the band, I guess, when he wrote this years ago about not being there. And, and trying to mend something, mm-hmm. but song meant a lot to me, and I was like, "Wow!" And I'd forgotten how good that song was. Great slow down point because the next song is a screamer, uh, and I, I know yeah. you, you've from, got from that point on, it's all old oh, it's all and, it's all heavy except for one song. All yeah, except for a couple on the Empire, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, Bridge sounded incredible live. Had the acoustic going. I mean, you remember that? It, was, it sounded incredible, incredible. Then we go into screaming in digital from Rage for Order, which we had recently reviewed that album back at the end of uh, 2022 as one of my choices. It's it, obviously right. as a fan of Queensryche and this album, I thought, I'll be honest with you, Chris, this one had too much distortion. You couldn't really lyrically hear him. And it's yeah. not a bad, I'm not saying it was bad. It's just not what I expected. Cause when he does it on the album, you can clearly hear what he's saying, but live it was, it was muffled at least in my ears. I don't know. what do you think about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really remember having that much of a problem hearing it, but I'll take your word for it. it yeah, I mean, I it was I remember it's a good song. I knew oh, yeah. enough of it where I could sing along to the chorus and everything. So right, right. Um, I, I gotta give Anthony a nod. I remember when we reviewed that, he said this would be the perfect name yeah. for a podcast, and I agree a hundred percent. Like if we ever rebrand, it's gonna be named Screaming, Screaming Digital. Digital. Yeah. It- <laughs> Fantastic. It's a great it's name a great for a name. podcast. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they go into another song yeah. from Rachel Order, which is my favorite song off that album. It's called Walk in the Shadows. Holy smokes. I mean, they owned it for just over three yeah, minutes. They come it. out and killed that song. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, it's two out of two, two of my favorite songs by Queen's Riker off Rachel Order. That was one of them. And, you know, you always think about the songs you love, hearing it live. Can they pull it off? Oh, he pulled it off. It was fantastic. Holy he he absolutely pulled every song off that night. Yeah, oh, my definitely. God, yeah. And then we go into a little bit older Queensryche from the album The Warning, Take Hold of the Flame, an album I'm very familiar with as well. Uh, he killed that song. Holy smokes. And this is where the higher stuff started coming into play more so. And yeah. I'm telling you right yeah. now, guys, you listen to this live, you know his age, you, you just don't expect it because you, your other favorite bands you've listened to all these years, the the Motley Crews, the White Snakes, the the even Metallica that to to an extent, Megadeth, those vocalists can't do it anymore. Guns N' Roses, they just can't do it no more. Jeff Tate can. Holy smokes. Yeah, that, that definitely was going to be Christ. part of my final thoughts. Uh, I can wow. go ahead and kind of touch on oh, that dude, now. Oh, dude, yeah, though. throw it out there. I mean, uh, let's face it. it. It is absolutely a crime you know these guys were on the Monsters of Rock tour on the Empire tour. I mean that that they were they were that big at the time. Yeah. And what in the hell is this guy? I mean I'm think listen I'm thankful he showed up at our little town to play a oh thousand seat venue. Yes. But 
you're telling me freaking Vince Neal's out here selling out stadiums and can't, and carry, can't carry a tune? A tune. Bon, yeah. John Bon Jovi. Yeah, right. I mean, they're, they're pathetic. If anybody's listening to that, this guy is is sounds as good today as he did in 1988. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I don't. What world are we living in I, that this guy is playing a thousand seat venue? And those guys that can't even carry a note, man, it's pathetic listening to them even try. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know it's what terrible. the explanation is. I mean, is. I, I don't – there's times that, that I'm I'm like, I, I don't think I have a reality check on on why certain groups are, are not huge and why some are. And, and, like, I just don't get it. I mean, there were a ton of hits he played that night. Uh, the fact – he should be playing at least like a – Freedom Hall or something, yeah. not not the cameo, dude. I mean, I, I just don't get it, man. I really don't. He's too good for that play. I'm, I'm glad he's there. It's great that we get the chance to see him in, a, in an intimate setting like that. But, man, I just don't understand it. I really don't. You hit it on the head. It's a shame more people don't go back and appreciate this stuff. I mean, as an older group, believe me, folks, it was an older crowd there, no doubt about it. I'd say the median age was probably 45. Oh, yeah. yeah that, easily. Yeah, maybe, maybe closer man. to 50, to be honest with you. No, um, they were all around our age. They absolutely were. Yeah, yeah, which for sure. Know, I mean, we grew up on this stuff. Yeah, of course, they like, cut our teeth. This guy showed up in your hometown. Of course, you could go see him. You know, I mean, absolutely, it's amazing. Holy, smokes. and you know those. And I don't mean to pick on those bands, but you know, I think part of it is Queensrÿch was never like the the glam pretty boys. That wasn't their thing, right? And unfortunately, that's what sells. I mean, you put yeah. Poison or uh, Def Leppard or Motley Crue. In a, in a place like that and all these I hate to say it but like a lot of the the girls from back in the day were like oh I want to go see them yeah. and that drives a lot of stuff you it know? does so it like does. The, the guys are like okay we'll go watch them you know it, uh, probably weren't a lot of girls that were like and, and I'm not <laughs> don't get me wrong he's a fine looking man I'm, but it's like you know it was the, the image they put out it wasn't trying to sell it with sex like right. like those other bands did you know and yeah, their their videos didn't include scantily clad a, women and things like that. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. You didn't have it's, that he's stuff just going on. exactly. It, 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 but this is this is more like thought provoking music that that you know the intelligent kind of rock, if you will. And I don't know, it just something just doesn't sit right about the fact that this guy who's very good. I mean, yeah. he's, he's an excellent musician. He is been doing it for so long, had a ton of hits. Uh, why he's playing a place like that is beyond me, and and I don't mean that as a negative because I'm I'm glad and thankful he was there. I just it's more like a, a comment on society. Like why in the world is this guy not rewarded with the stadium tours? Uh, I mean I now now that said it's not Queensrÿche yeah. it's him solo. Maybe if they toured as Queensrÿche they would be playing bigger venues. I don't know. Well maybe uh, I, I don't know, but I mean everybody that knows it knows Jeff Tate's Queensrÿche. I mean he is you know so like. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like watching Queensryche. And I'm not taking nothing away I don't from know. Queensryche either. And you're right. It did feel like watching Queensryche. And I'm a huge fan of Queensryche to this day. Their last album, they just had an album come out last year, which is awesome. Uh, I'm a fan of Todd LaTorre's vocal style. It ain't Jeff. It's just not Jeff. And that's no, what we all grew it's up not, on. It's know? not. The guy's unique. That's all there is to it. I would not waste my money to go see Queensryche, quite honestly. But I'd absolutely go see Jeff Tate. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, and now no I, offense. To, I mean, DeGarmo's on the band either. No, I mean, it's not, not. You know what I mean? Uh, who's left in that band? I don't know. Well, it's like a cover band at this point. I mean. Well, it's it's still got, I mean, it's still got the main artist behind the band. Chris. Michael Wilton. Michael Wilton's still, still in Michael the Michael band. Michael Wilton's there. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's a good guitarist. I mean. I, and I Eddie Jackson. Mind. That's your that's your other, that's your two main main folks in the band. Is that the drummer or the bass player? That's I don't your know bass who that is. was your drummer years and years ago. And uh, since he's gone, they got a new guy named Casey. But, um, I, I mean, let's face it. Up until 2013, Jeff Tate was Queensryche. Period. And from 2000, he still is in everybody's mind. Well, he yeah. is. He I mean, is. He just is. He I, is. I know some of this court setting said differently, but come on. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's I, just be honest. I will man. say that. You hear those vocals. That's Queens, right? Back to, you know, after Take Hold of the Flame, which is one of the oldest, the oldest song he'd played up to that point. <laughs> let's get back to the set list. Yeah, back to the set list. <laughs> we, we've, done, we've done gone into a tangent. So we go from there to Jet yep, City yep. Woman, which is a, the, the closing song of the set, so to speak. And. Oh my God, Jet City yeah. Woman, hit it, man. Jet 
obviously another famous tune from the Empire album, and he he rocked it. I mean, it, it came out, and I loved how they changed the the lights. I don't know if you paid attention to the lights set in the little cameo. They switched the lights to album album colors during this. So this one had like a blue oh, and purple. I yeah. didn't realize that. See, I was watching that because, you know, when they yeah, did the Operation Mind Crime stuff, it was kind of a red and white and a little bit of gold. And then, yeah. of course, when he did, you know, the purple album, the the, the Frequency No No album had the purple lights behind him. So that was pretty huh. cool, the cameo to did do that. And I don't that. know if it was part of what he does, but they did do a lot. And this one had the, had the white and a little bit of blue light with it. Uh, as you know, on the Empire album, it's got that little hint of blue with the white all around and, of course, black background. Uh, it was it was killer, man, and and they walked off. They took like what maybe two minute, three minute break. I mean, it yeah, wasn't, wasn't long. long. It wasn't long at all. Basically, yeah. probably had enough time to walk off, grab him something to drink, and come back on stage. They came back out and opened uh, the encore with Silent Lucidity. Chris. Oh my God, the live version of this that we saw, phenomenal. I mean, honestly, it, it really was almost record quality. Vocally on point, sonically on point. It was it was just a great, great experience. Oh my God. And I know he told a tale. You remember the story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. You, do you want me to tell Go this? Go ahead, one? man, tell this. He, this is yeah, great. So he's, apparently he was at a, a attending wedding. a wedding of a friend and uh they were at the you know the reception and they had a karaoke guy there doing the reception and and the buddy that i guess he was there to see uh he's like man it, it bit me a lot to this if you could play silent lucidity uh, get up and sing and he really didn't want to you know it's a really karaoke machine <laughs> get up so so he had a few drinks and he decided what the hell i'll get up and sing it so he he got up and sang the song and you know everybody loved it and he went back to the bar got another drink and Said so the bartender looked at me. He's like, "Damn, man! He's like, you sound just like the guy that sings that song." <laughs> what a story! He told that that night. I'd, I'd actually heard him tell that story before on like an, an interview, but it's just funny, man. I, I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Jim? Nah, dude, it was hilarious. I mean, it was just a funny story, and that was the one thing that he he did. He talked about his journeys and how yeah. he actually commented how beautiful it was in our area. And um, and there was another story, if you remember, he was talking about how he was he was at home and uh, he was just going, he was just out in town, and a guy approached him in the street and was basically said, "You're Jeff Tate. I'm a huge fan of you in Queensrÿche." And he goes, "I, I, I love everything. Then where have you been all these years?" And he was like, "Huh?" And he's like, "You know, I remember the Queensrÿche album. I remember the Warning. I remember, uh, I remember Rage for Order. I remember." Your Operation Mind Crime and your Empire. Where have you been since then? He's like, uh, I have like 13 albums. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that they exchanged the email and the guy said that he was going to go back and listen to his discography. And like, you know, a week later, the guy sent him an email and said that, you know, he, he went back and called up and it was it was just amazing. So that's it, it, just, it, it was humorous. And, it, you know, it's the sad part of the times. A lot of folks probably didn't realize Queensryche went on after Empire for that matter, because I know a lot of folks gave up and, right. and changed genres. So that's that's the whole part of uh, the the sad grunge era. It killed a lot of the fans off, and and they were from the heart of grunge area up in the up in Washington and Seattle and such. But nonetheless, they yeah. came out, killed Silent Lucidity. Great story. And then, honestly, this might have been the highlight of the night. The very last song, Queen of the Reich, 
from their their debut album Queens Right. Chris hit this. Slugs, dude. Of course, by this time, we were already up at stage front at this part of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest with you guys, if you listen to this podcast and you've never heard the song Queen of the Reich, go back and listen to it and then go find a live track of this. And if it does not blow your mind how somebody at age 63, 64 now can pull off these same notes, holy smokes. I mean, it, it honestly, it, it's it's just crazy to hear somebody hit these notes. And this guy's, I mean, let's face it, he ain't even middle age anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's on the downward spiral, yeah. but his vocals sound amazing. And this was truly my highlight of the night, hearing him pull this off live. I knew what to expect. I just, you, you think right. somebody's got maybe backing tracks doing this stuff? Not this guy. He was no. belting this like I could literally hear it coming out of his vocals. We were that close to this guy. <laughs> it was oh yeah, yeah was, we were close I, enough. We didn't need the microphone. Yeah, he didn't need right. the microphone. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he was, was there. He was crushing it. Oh my god, dude! You know, uh, Jesus. When we, I can't remember if it was the Mind Crime review or the the Rage for Order review we did, but at some point, uh, I think Anthony maybe touched on in his you know notes where he does a lot of the background stuff, right? Uh, that these guys kind of started out uh, as big Iron Maiden fans and kind of wanted to maybe follow that line of, of music, you know, that sort of, I don't know what the style is called there. Would you call that Jimmy? Like, uh, it's, it's definitely, the, that, it was definitely like a new wave of British heavy metal style music, but right, they went right. more of like a power metalish kind of thing with those heavier. Right. So like early on, I mean, that's kind of what that sounds like. And man, I, the only other guy I can think that can hit notes like that off the top of my head is is Bruce. Uh, now I, I will say maybe Juice Priest something like that, yeah, but like you know, honestly, like there are many bands that can just crush it like that, no, man. And, and not at all. I mean, wow, he just he absolutely blew my mind with that. The vocals on that at the end. This is at the last song of us singing all night as well. Been singing you know? for I mean, two hours. He, two hours, mind yeah. you. And, and singing well for two hours. I mean, <laughs> insane. It really is. The guy's just, he's original. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's, he's something. It really was. I, and, you know, I know both our wives were impressed with what we just, what we had seen that night. Because yeah. and, and my wife is, she's a fan of the Operation Mindcrime and the Empire era. And that's really about it for her. And I, and I get that because that's, right. that's when it was MTV. Don't get me wrong. That was and, the, the peak. Right. Yeah. And she knew those songs, yeah. but she was like amazed at how high pitch he could still sing. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this is, it was absolutely shockingly good. Shockingly good to see this. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, and, and my wife's not a huge metal, not at all, right? Right, I mean, right, right. She's very mainstream with her listening styles, but I mean, she knew some of the some of the songs. Yeah, well, sure, she's familiar with some. But of I remember, I, I can remember a point like when he came out and opened with Empire, and once that song ended, she looked over, she was like, "My God, he sounds fantastic!" <laughs> like, I mean, she was stunned how good he sounded. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was, <laughs> like everything I ever heard on you know all the stuff on YouTube or whatever, it just. I mean, he still sounds amazing. You won't find too many no. clips of him sounding bad. I no. mean, you just won't. No, unless he was sick or something. Yeah, even on an night. off night, the guy was just crushing it. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude, yeah. So, to summarize this, 
first of all, if, if you listen to our podcast, and you know, we always do kind of lean 80s, hard rock, 80s metal, uh, because that's that was our stuff, guys. And we have branched out since we initiated this uh, podcast, or the revival of this podcast back a few years, sure. few years ago. We've gone to classic rock. We've gone to newer stuff. We've gone to country. We, we, and we've gone to metal. Um, but this is the one thing that is the truth. When you listen to bands like this, there is no letdown. There's no disappointment because like we were saying, we've gone and seen these bands. We've gone and seen Def Leppard. We've gone and seen the, our bands of our youth in recent years. I know you saw White Snake years, a few years, a couple years ago, I guess now. Oh God, they're and terrible. They're terrible. Vocally, I mean, it's, it's musically terrible. it's there. Musically it's there. <laughs> vocally it's not. Well, sure. The complete, yeah. complete opposite here, guys. Uh, if you have a chance, I, I'm telling you, it's worth it. I, I can't remember. We paid like 50 bucks to see this guy. Yeah, fifty bucks. That's it. Third row. We say I that's mean, it. I get, yeah, it is a lot of money, but we saw this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, comparatively, comparatively it's not right. like because to go see Motley yeah. Crue was like a hundred bucks, right? If we well, can we, you imagine we what third row seats would cost you? Oh, probably in the thousands. Yeah, honestly. probably. I mean, I mean, irregardless, guys, gals, for those listening to this, if you if you ever were a Queen fan and Jeff Tate comes near you. Do yourself a favor and go see this. Go. Yeah. I do know for a fact that when he does the European tour, I know we got a handful of listeners across seas. He's going to be doing a European tour very, very shortly. He has announced that he is going to do Operation Mindcrime in its entirety over there. I think it's 20 dates. I'm telling you right now, if I had the money and had the means, <laughs> I would love to fly over and see him do a show. He's he's of German descent. I think he's got a couple of shows in Germany. I would imagine that he's going to put on a heck of a performance Every single night he's in in Europe, for that matter, and I, I'm just wow. I was at a loss for words the night we saw him. I was just we we discussed it all the way home, you know. Holy smokes, well, it's just dude. Like, like I told you earlier, that guy had every reason, in all fairness, to to phone it in that night. Oh yeah, because like I said, the small crowd venue. wasn't yeah. it's like standing up. Small venue, small town, rainy Sunday night. I mean, January like. Not a lot of motivation, except for the fact that he loves his music and he probably appreciates the fans that come up and show him. And he absolutely crushed it. I mean, absolutely crushed it. Yeah. That's all I can say. It was a tremendous show. Absolutely worth the money. I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I'm glad we got to see that together, and I'm glad that you got to experience that. Only twist is maybe drop a few more mind crime songs in there, but you know. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) You know, I wish that he could do like a, let's say a 22-song set, five more tunes. Yeah. If he could pull five more songs, get a couple more off of uh, Operation on there, that's the only thing I would even want. Because in reality, he played everything off Empire you wanted to hear for the most part. Would you agree? Definitely. I mean, I think it's yeah. five songs. Is that what it was? Yeah. Five or six songs off? It's five. Five songs off I think off he Empire. did five off of Empire, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, I mean, I would love to I would have loved to heard Newer Gal off of I mean, Ray it was Ford. a great set list. Oh, God, yeah, dude. You can't complain. And, and I understand him sprinkling the newer stuff in, so people will go check it out. I mean, I get that. I totally understand that. And yeah. those were solid songs off those albums, if not they were. some of the better yeah. songs off those records. So, yeah, I mean, I get it, too. I'm, there I'm with there you, wasn't man. a stinker on the set list, man. The whole <laughs> night, I was like, even the ones I didn't know, I was like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Like, I can see why he's playing it, you know. Yeah, so. it, was just, it was just amazing. Golly. Well, man. I know we've been we didn't want to go too too long today. This is a bonus episode. Um, I will say this, <laughs> Chris. I'm glad you went with me. I'm glad we got to see this live. Yeah, and um, man, I look forward to possibly seeing him again in the future if he remotely comes close. Um, like I said, that's to me. He's got me sold as a fan. Uh, he's he's yeah. the real deal. He is the real deal. All right, man. Anything else you want to say before we close this thing out? I think you caught everything, man. Phil, it was a good night. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I'm glad that this is a local venue for other people that, that are near us, that might know us in some capacity, that listen to this. Well, sure. Uh, Cameo is awesome. And, yeah. and go everything. You know, I love that we've got two little venues now just in, in our town that, that bring in some decent shows from time. Yeah. It's not hit major bands, but like a lot of it's just people you've enjoyed in your past. I mean, Jimmy's going to go see Ace Freely yeah. here in a couple of weeks huge fan um, so yeah i can't wait i cannot cannot you wait. know i'm like i yeah i'm not quite sure what to expect out of that I, does he play a lot of kiss songs or yeah or he's gonna more? do a lot of kiss he's gonna and who sings is he singing them or? now he'll sing his kiss songs for sure um i think he'll sing okay. most of the songs there's a couple of songs like 
What's, he plays, what's he sing if he Kiss? sings well he, he did um oh god shock me which is a great kiss song back in the day he'll play that one without a doubt um he does cold gin he plays that one i think still to this day um, does he sing that yeah he sings it yeah cause i think he wrote the song okay. so i mean i think you know he wrote a bunch of well, kiss I'm, tunes I'm you know, sure back in those days yeah. um nonetheless I, i'm looking forward to it i haven't cheated and, and saw his set list yet to see what he's playing um, he'll play Rock Soldiers mm. off his solo stuff, which is a different vocal um, vocalist, I should say, back then. It, I don't think it was – well, maybe it was him on that album. God, I can't even remember. I know that he sings a lot of stuff, and he and he had some folks singing vocals with him at one point. So I can't wait. I just can't wait. And we got decent seats for this one, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I know taking Crystal see it. She was you – know, she's a Kiss fan. She's a huge Kiss fan. And I haven't seen Ace Freely since with Kiss Let's in just 19 – Let's spoil it for you. We got Strutter. We got Detroit Rock City. We got uh, Strange Ways. She Shocked Me. Cold Gin and Close Up with Deuce. So there you go. There we go. Decent set list. Good tunes. Man, yeah, they're all all great songs. I'm I'm all about spoiling things. Thanks, man. (laughs) It's not a spoiler, dude. You're welcome. I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. I know you're going to have that set list up by the time you were there. Oh, yeah. I'll be listening to that record. Yeah, there's, there's, (laughs) good Lord, dude. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Jesus, rip it out! That's off. So the does he have album. a singer? Uh, not for these. He's these have are a all. Singer, right? This is all him. Every one of these songs. So he sings him. all this stuff. Rocket wow. rides a kiss okay. song. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, he'll sing every one of these songs. Holy crap, dude! I'm probably missing out. That would probably been a good show. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know he'd sing. I didn't know if he had the rights to the kiss stuff. So I thought maybe he'd just be playing his own solo stuff. And I, like, that, well, I think that's one of the things. I know that none of this. He so. Didn't sign off on was his rights to the music because he knew. It was that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's probably killing Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to this day. I guarantee it's killing Gene. <laughs> I bet he, Gene in particular, I bet he can't stand that. I don't know, man. I think Gene yeah. produced his last record. So uh, they're still. Did he really? Yeah. I think they're still together as far as friendly. So have you seen the, the thing on, uh, uh, I don't know, it was Netflix or one of these? There was like a special. It was, it was a documentary kind of thing that went yeah. on kind of i don't know about four or five hours or something like oh, that god uh, did not paint gene and pete peter in the, the best light well, honestly peter is he had his own issues dude he had some demons that he had like ace was bad but i think peter was as bad if not worse as ace and ace was like drunk drug addict the whole nine yards yeah went through yeah. some major ace stuff. seemed just kind of carefree and goofy uh, peter seemed like a little whiner basically that was kind of the yeah i th- the I, gist i got of it they they went to look, man. They got famous. That money causes people to make some bad decisions. Paul and Gene being sober minded because they were sober people. They were they never really partaked in drinking at yeah. all. I think they were never really alcohol induced in any form or fashion. But Ace and, and Peter were definitely, and they they took a bad they took a bad uh, turn late seventies, and that's what happened. Yeah. Fame and for, well, actually, yeah, mid to late seventies because they were huge by seventy seven, seventy eight, and that's what killed yeah. that's what killed the band. Yeah. God, ah, we went on the tangent on Kiss. My God, all right, let's wrap. <laughs> can't help it. it. I just is. can't help it. <laughs> I will wrap this thing up for the Audible Ecstasy podcast. This is Jimmy, and this is Chris, and that was Jeff Tate. <laughs> <laughs>